everybody's going to face some suffering and pain in their lives. Heartache. It's not insurmountable. In fact, it's necessary for your growth. It is necessary because you won't know resilience until you know how Jesus met you during your moments of rejection. Welcome to Living a Legacy, featuring the Bible teaching ministry of Crawford Lorenz. Well, today we continue Crawford's message titled, Don't Drown in Shallow Water. We are learning why it's so important to live in full dependence upon God, so as not to slip and fall spiritually over things that could easily diminish our effectiveness for Christ. Join us for our study. Well, if you're new to our broadcast, Crawford has served in Christian ministry for over 50 years. He's been a pastor, conference speaker, seminary professor, and author. His books include Unshaken, Your Marriage Today and Tomorrow, and Leadership as an Identity. Crawford is now retired from church ministry, but for over 15 years served as the senior pastor of Fellowship Bible Church of Roswell, Georgia. These weekly messages reflect his time at Fellowship. He now heads the leadership mentoring program known as Beyond Our Generation. Well, let's head to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Crawford will remind us that we need to daily rely on God's power and try to look at life's difficulties from the big picture perspective. And that view will keep us centered on Christ. Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Here's Crawford Loretz on living a legacy. Don't own what God does through you. You own Christ's likeness. You got to be careful. Disappointment, discouragement, and pain can lead to an unhealthy self-protection. Well, let me say it another way. Disappointment, discouragement, and pain are part of life. They're part of life. You can't run from it. You can't hide from it. Uh, you can't wish it away. It is a part of life. The issue is, what are you going to do with the disappointment? What are you going to do with the discouragement? What are you going to do with the pain? And you got to be careful. You have to handle disappointment, you have to handle discouragement, and you have to handle pain the right way. You're not going to get away from it. I can't, we, we, we couldn't get away from our, our, our niece who's brain dead. The issue is, what does that do to me? Does it cause me to shrink back? Do I cave into it? Do I become, in an unhealthy way, unduly introspective? Do it, does it make me depressed? That's not healthy. But you have to understand that all of this is a part of the reality of life. So the very first thing we need to do, and this, there could be 15 more things I could have said there, the very first thing that we do, we need to do is we look at our lives and we look at the long trajectories that you sit back and you gain a little bit of perspective. What is always true about life? What will guard me? What will protect me? The second thing that we need to do is, uh, is that we need to cherish the gifts. Gifts. What, what I mean by gifts? Actually, I'm referring to two things here. God has given us two incredible resources in life that will cause us to thrive and flourish in life. And if you ignore either one of these two things, you ain't going to make it. Your life's not going to be what it needs to be. The first that he's given to us, this incredible gift for life, is what you have in your lap or, you know, your device. It's the Word of God. It's the Bible. 
And that's the reason why, if we want to flourish in life and we don't want to drown in shallow water, we have to become lifelong students of God's Word. It has to be the theme of our lives. And that's what he's given to us to make it. Now, the second one is the one that we, we, don't, we don't pay too much attention to. But the second one that he's given to us, listen to this, listen to this, and I, I'm on solid biblical ground here. He's given to us incarnationally the generations. The generations. Not, not just our current generation, but those who have gone on before us. So that we would have visible hope givers. That's the whole purpose of Hebrews chapter 11. All those biographical snapshots that, that, that the, the generations before you should be the model of hope that help you to get to where you need to be. And these are the gifts that we're to cherish and to hold on to. We do ourselves a hellacious disservice when we isolate ourselves from one another. When we so, so build strategies that, 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 that create relevance and initial response, but unfortunately, it doesn't connect with the equity over here. And we confuse response with wisdom. And God has given us the generations to learn from, to look at, to see, to interact with, and not to respond to and not to react to. The point being of this whole cherishing these gifts is that humility and a responsive, teachable attitude are our friends. And by the way, I'm not just talking about the younger generation. I'm talking about those of us who got some mileage on us. Once you stop being teachable, you stop being godly. If no one can correct you, then eventually you're going to die isolated. We all need people in our lives who will be our cheerleaders, but also who can tell us no. Look, young people do some very foolish things. Old people do some very foolish things. Stu stupidity is transgenerational. <laughs> in fact, on balance, it's worse for an older folk because you all ought to know better. Yeah. So what do we need to do with all of this? I don't want to drown in shallow water. Well, you got to stand back and hold on to some perspective here. Sit back and just take a look at, okay, what do I need to do to kind of protect this thing? And then number two, we've got to cherish the gifts. But here's where I want to land. Here's where I want to stay. We have to stay connected. We have to fight to stay connected. I need to say something that's obvious here. And I am not suggesting by any means that you know, uh, every generation needs, sometimes you need to spend time with your own folks, your own generation for hope and help and, you know, season of life. It's encouraging. We have things in common. I'm not talking about that. However, I'm not saying the other one either. We, we have to stay connected. You know, we, we will all make mistakes. But listen, y'all, some mistakes you don't need to make. So we need to stay connected with one another. Now, uh, <laughs> We need multi-generations in our lives to rid ourselves of generational arrogance. And let's face it, all of us do it. All of us do it. Everybody thinks their generation is the greatest generation that ever lived. And one of the reasons why, there, there's several contributing factors to why we're growing apart. Uh, but I listed three big ones. Three big ones. I think one of the contributing factors in us moving apart from one another 
is, is really uh, the mobility and distance that's part of our generation. Did you know, did you know today, on average, the av- through, through, your enti- uh, 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 through your adult life, the average adult will have moved minimally nine times. Relocated minimally nine times. The average. Now, that wasn't true 25, 30 years ago. By the way, nobody stays on a job these days. If you stay on a job longer than 10 years, wow. People change. Well, the mobility and the distance that are there. I mean, I, we had grandkids in California and in Michigan and in Tennessee. You know, it's just a mobile society that we live in today. So it just makes it more difficult to stay, stay connected to the people who are close to you. Another contributing factor is family dysfunction and pain. Some of us and the people that matter most have hurt us. And so we project on that entire generation You remind me of my dad. You remind me of my mom. You remind me of the people that caused me pain. And let's face it, I mean, this is the elephant in the room, the divorce culture that has just gained momentum. Now, again, I'm not saying that there's never any reason for that, but let's, let's be real about that. There's shrapnel that comes out of that. And it has produced a self protection and a fear of authority. And it's made us critical of one another, the hurt and the pain that's there. And then thirdly, another contributing factor to us pulling back from one another is that uh, the notion that with age comes the loss of relevance and significance. And I tell you, this is a huge problem here. This is a big, big issue. There is a downside with the celebration of youth now, don't get me wrong, I, I you know, thank God, I mean, they just, we need to let young people do their thing, the creativity, be their children. You want to hear me say some stuff in a few moments about that. But one of the things that frightens me today a little bit is that, and I, I actually think this is due in large part to that second one, because of the pain and dysfunction in our families, we have sanitized that, and we want to insulate ourselves from that generation that represents the pain, and so we heighten all things young. And we're deep-sixing our wisdom. If it's not transactional, if it's not relevant, meaning, meaning, doesn't look like us, and so we have this whole movement. Now, you, got, you, you don't have to be a social psychologist to figure out that ain't going to end well. That's not going to end well. If you are being mentored by your peers, you're headed down a rat hole of dumbness. <laughs> we, we, need, we need the generations. We need to engage them. Now, don't hear me as saying, some of us, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, some of us need to move on. And I'm beginning to see the end of the disregard of a generation that has wisdom, that's being walled off. And so, we need to stay connected. Now, let me say a few words to the younger generation. I have seven realities that I want to share with the younger generation. And these are pretty strong. But if you think they're strong, i got some stronger things to say. Seven realities to the older generation. Let me just click click them off real quickly. To the younger generation, this is what I would share with you. This, This is an uncanny observation, but you cannot argue with it. 
The professionals are saying that an increase in the suicide rates among teens occurred at the same time social media use surged. There is, most professionals are saying that there is an uncanny relationship between social media and emotional struggles that our kids are facing. And when you stop to think about it, it makes a lot of sense. And so they're constantly looking at their likes. Do you like me? Do you like me? Do you like me? And if someone says something that craters them, it's hard to recover because you're in that season of your life where, where, where being accepted and being valued is extremely important. This is the reason why parents and some of you kids are going to hate me for saying this. I think every year, at least once a year, you should have your kids fast for 30 days from social media. There's too much value being given to what people think about you. And it's not a healthy thing. And by the way, some of you parents need to do the same thing. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, I see, uh, I see some of these adults. Uh, look, some of y'all post up on Facebook, and I say, you got too much time on your hands. <laughs> Stay away from that stuff. Well, what does this generation need to know? What does the younger generation need to know? And I'm not fussing at you, but I just want to speak some reality because I don't want to see any of y'all drowning in shallow water. The first one is this. You have to understand that your moment in history is not the only moment in history that matters. You're not the only one that's going through what you're going through right now. And despite what they tell you on the news and all the advertisers and how they market you and all the pop-ups and all this other kind of stuff, no, 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 really, you're not that unique. And your moment in history is no more significant than those who came 50 years before you. And it's no more significant than those who will come 50 years after you. The second thing that I would say is this. Suffering and pain is not insurmountable. This is a hard pill to swallow. Every person who's ever been alive is going to experience suffering and pain. Heartache. It's not insurmountable. In fact, it's necessary for your growth. It is necessary to be rejected. It is necessary for people to say some awful things about you. It is necessary to experience pain. Because you won't know resilience until you know how Jesus met you during those moments of rejection. And that's the reason why parents, as we parent our kids, you need to tell stories of your own failure. You need to tell stories of your own pain. You need to tell stories of your own rejection. You need to give them hope. No, you're not the only one that's been through this. You ain't the only one that's got cut from the team. You ain't the only one that said that somebody said they didn't like you. You ain't the only one that somebody cussed out. In fact, we need to stand back and look at our lives and see, see our lives from the broad perspective of the seasons in life. There are three 20-year segments in an adult's life. From about mid to late teens until you're about 40 years old, it's that season I call learning. Then about age 40 or the late 30s, you enter into that second phase. First, there's learning, and then there's leveraging. Yeah, you got your failures, got your backside kicked a little bit. Things didn't work out, but by the time you wake up on your 40th birthday, you go, you know, you know, I'm still standing. I'm still here. 
Your decisions are better. You're leveraging your gifts and your abilities. You're not chasing as many rabbits. And then, once you hit about 60, late 50s or 60 or so, now, this is a season, and understand what I mean here, there's learning and then there's leveraging. This is the season of leaving, and I don't mean quitting. I don't mean quitting. But it's the season in which, in, in which all of this equity that God's built up in your life, all of these experiences, you intentionally turn around and you want to be a cheerleader and a blessing for, to succeeding generations. You want to pour hope into them. You stand by the sidelines and say, you go for it, man. I got more, I got more in the rearview mirror than I do out front, but brother, you're going to go to a time that I cannot see. And you know the difference between a fad and a trend. Number four, uh, I said this again before I, you know, I got ahead of myself. Know the difference between a fad and a trend. And, and, and don't, don't, don't build your life on fads. Even as a teenager, you've got to understand the difference between the enduring and that which is popular. And by the way, this is the reason why you need transgenerational interaction because you get some mentors in your life that helps you to understand the difference between the two. And I would say number five, keep in mind that the pursuit of an untethered relevance will make you shallow, insignificant, and get this, in the end, irrelevant. To pursue relevance just for the sake of relevance will ultimately make you irrelevant because there's no substance to it. And number six, respect and submit to authority. Now, I know that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a nasty term to many of us, but authority is an irrevocable principle of life. And here again, you have to look at the long-range view. Those who don't respect and submit to authority will only end up in one of three places. You can say you're an exception, and I would say, okay, try it. And come back to me in about 10 years. You'll find out you're in one of these three places. Those who do not respect and submit to authority will either, number one, be in jail. Number two, either be dead. But chances are, and this is a, number three, they'll either be unemployed or underemployed. You, you, you know, you may not like authority. How do I say this? But that's categorically irrelevant. Authority is a principle of life. And learning how, I don't say mindlessly giving, but learning how to respect and embrace authority is a lifesaver. And then number seven, uh, focus and discipline are your friends. I would say learn the habit now as a young person to not only look for wisdom, but listen to wisdom. Don't let defensiveness become a lifelong character trait in your life. And I see adults who are so insecure and so defensive, for whatever reason, they never learn how to close their mouths and listen. Uh, let, me, let me quickly transition here uh, and click these off. Now, the older generation, there's some amazing needs that we have. Number one is the first need that they have, and that is that we need to understand that our moment in history is not the only moment that matters. 
And, I, and we're, we're actually a greater culprit than the younger generation. We bust on them all the time. But the truth of the matter is, I, you know, too many of us are going around talking about, well, you know, back in my day, oh, those kids don't do that. And I say, come on, man. Uh, it, it, you know, our, our generation is not the greatest generation. And by the way, even the great generation that we talk about, that's our moniker. I'm not so sure there weren't greater generations back in the 1700s. So our moment in history is not, you know, it's not that it's the, it's the greatest one either. Secondly, I would say to us is that we need to allow the younger generation to mentor us. Part of the reason is the law of attrition, man. Some of my mentors are dead. I can't, you know, go to the cemetery and say, hey, how can I handle this problem? You let the, you let the younger generation mentor you. These kids have incredible insights. Listen to them. Let them share what's on their hearts and minds, how, how they think. Move toward them. Secondly, uh, um, uh, thirdly, you know, don't criticize, encourage. Encourage them. Don't criticize them. Yeah, yeah, they, you know, maybe some of the stuff they say is squirrely. You don't like it. But there's some kernels of truth there. And just because they do stuff, you can pop them off for doing stuff. But sometimes you just need to yeah, choose what you get upset about. Push that off the table. It's more important to encourage them and to bless them than it is to constantly be ticked off at something. And then number five, take, take the initiative to make yourself available to them. Uh, don't be isolated. We're the ones that, you know, we got the condo in Florida. Don't be bothering me, man. I mean, you know, look, look, I, I'm living longer. Uh, these kids, I'll, I, I see y'all, but look, I got my own life to live. That's a penny wise and a pound foolish. Model, don't lecture, and I need to keep that in mind. Model the destination and don't lecture. And the final one is this. We need to, as the older generation... Keep in mind what matters most, what matters most. And we need to nurture them and help them and bless them, not through lectures, but through love, not by biting their ears off, but through love. Be more eloquent in terms of your godliness than you are in terms of your correction. Don't Drown in Shallow Water, the title of today's message by Crawford Loretz. Well, there was a lot of information in today's message, and perhaps you weren't able to track with all of it. Well, the complete message is available to listen to again on our website. Go to livingalegacy.org, livingalegacy.org, or stream it on your platform of choice. Many of Crawford's messages are available to download for free. Look for the MP3 link on our webpage, livingalegacy.org. So glad to have you join us each week for these broadcasts. Many of you regularly listen but have never taken the time to write to us. Well, your correspondence helps us know that this program is meeting needs on this station. Just a few short sentences will let us know you're there. Connect with us soon. Write to legacy at moody.edu. That's legacy at moody. It would be a tremendous encouragement to hear from you. Thank you so much. For Crawford Loritz, I'm Bill Davis. Thanks for being part of our study today. 
This program is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.